Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And the best way to level up both your mental and your physical fitness is by making small but powerful changes to your daily habits and routines. With this podcast, I aim to bring you a combination of short educational solo casts and slightly longer conversations I've had with a wide variety of fascinating people. The goal? To help you develop a lifestyle which supports your mental and physical fitness and improves your overall quality of life. My name is Jay Unwin. Welcome to FitBody FitMind. Welcome back to Fit Body, Fit Mind. And today's guest is John Rush, who is a professional Canadian football fullback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the CFL, which is the Canadian Football League. So if you know the NFL in the United States, then this is the Canadian version of that. So professional athlete who I'm very, very happy to have with me today. How are you doing, John? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Mate, it's great to, uh, again, I love chatting with such a variety of people and this is the first time I've been chatting with a professional athlete about their kind of take on fitness and how that how that's part of their life and how they approach it and all the rest of it. So it's really cool to have a, a different point of view once again. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting kind of seeing my perspective and going to my friends who aren't professional athletes and kind of seeing their perspective on fitness and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be able to provide that uh, perspective to you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So um, yeah, with that in mind then, like what is it, what's your philosophy around fitness? How does it, uh, what does it mean to you? Uh, that's a, that's a great question. Actually, I was talking to someone. It's a biggie. Uh, it's a biggie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was actually talking to someone earlier this week about it. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because um, I personally, um, I hate working out. It is okay. not something I enjoy doing, um, which I know is seems kind of crazy because that's like literally my entire job as a professional yeah. athlete <laughs> uh, is to work out. Um, but it's just not something I enjoy doing. You know, I enjoy uh, making food, playing with my dogs, doing other things. Uh, working out's just not up there for me. What I do enjoy uh, is the way it makes me feel and um, just being in general good fitness and, and knowing that, you know, I will live a longer life because of it is, you know, it's a good feeling. So, yeah. so I continue to do it. And I mean, like I said, it's part of my job, right? But I mean, that's a good motivation, isn't it? The fact that, yeah, you know, if you don't do it, you're probably going to get sacked. Exactly. Right. Just, you know, like my life, livelihood depends on it. So. <laughs> but uh but no, like, so like my general like philosophy, um, you know, I've never been one of those guys that has, uh, like a shredded body that has like a six pack or anything like that. You know, I've tried, I've tried, you know, I've been in sports since I was nine years old. Like I've tried every diet, I've tried every, you know, workout regime. I've tried pretty much everything to get a six pack and just was never able to. Um, and you know, you kind of like realize along the way that it's not like a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on, you know, looks and looking a certain way or having a certain aesthetic about your body. And, and, and along the way you kind of realize it's like, man, like that has nothing to do with anything. Like that's yeah. not going to help you. Like having a six pack wasn't going to help me, uh, like achieve my like personal squat goals or my bench goals or like, you know what I mean? Like power clean 400 pounds. Like, Having a six pack wasn't going to do that. Yeah. 
it like it would like it was just look nice yeah right like it didn't actually like convert into anything like tangible right no, no it doesn't actually um, do anything a visible so, six-pack doesn't mean that your um that your core works any better just because you can see it exactly right so so for me and like i'm I'm always I like I I walk around at like 220 to 230. That's just like like and I'm only six foot, so like I'm just naturally like a thick person. You know what I mean? Sure. So that's like it was just never kind of in in the cards for me to have a six pack. And so along the way, I I kind of realized I'm just like man, like like I'm still very fit. <laughs> like yeah. I'm still like I'm still incredibly fit. Like I can bend like not anymore. This is back in college when, uh, being able to bench a lot, like really meant something. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, now, now I'm basically just trying to maintain and not get hurt and, you know, um, just be healthy for the season. But like yep. back in college, you know, you're trying to, you know, prove, prove, you know, things to other guys. Yeah. But like, you know, like I, I, I could still bench a lot. Like I was benching over 400 pounds in college and, um, so you kind of realize that you're like, man, like I can be very healthy. My body can feel very good. Um, I can be in a place in my life and um, still be a- attaining goals and not having maybe, you know, the body that all these magazines show and all these movies show yeah. and, and all these other things. And I think one of the most like underrated things about that is – steroid use i think steroid use in like these fashion magazines and and the fitness industry is uh, very underrated like a lot of these guys can't get bodies like just like me they can't get bodies like that without (laughs) help yeah without something you know what i mean and you know they're like they're they're saying you know oh oh do this you know 20 21 week program you'll have a crazy eight pack like me it's just like and if you take steroids yeah, and yeah. they're leaving out the steroid part and it's yeah. just like, so like for me, I'm like, I'm like leaving that part behind where I'm like, no, like, like I would never, I mean, like we get drug tested like crazy. Right. So I would never, um, but it's just like, why would I want to do something that I, I can't, like, it's just not natural for my body to do. Right. Sure. So like, as long as I'm fit and happy with, you know, where I'm at uh, physically, like, you know, the weights I'm lifting, the way my body feels, the way it's making me feel mentally. That's kind of my, like my, my gym philosophy is as long as my body's happy and I'm happy about it, then, you know, I I don't really care kind of about anything else. I don't care about like how much I'm benching. I don't care if I have a six pack. I'm just, you know, happy to, happy to be happy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's underrated in itself because I I think that when anyone has any goals around health and fitness, whether that's to do with their weight or their body shape or whether it's performance based, like you're saying, in terms of what you can lift in the gym or like your um, 5K or 10K time if you're running or whatever it happens to be, the reason people want these, want to achieve whatever this goal happens to be is because they think that thing will make them more happy. And they, they, they think if they reach a certain weight, they'll be happy or a certain body fat percentage or uh, a certain appearance or a certain uh, they've got this goal in terms of what they want to deadlift and whatever it happens to be. They think, oh, when I achieve that, I'm going to feel happy. And it they, they, they say they reach that goal. They don't actually necessarily feel any happier unless they've kind of changed something about the way they um, the way they're 
doing things internally, not these external goals that they're trying to reach, right? And I think you you mentioned about kind of steroid use and performance-enhancing drugs. Now, I personally don't have an issue with anyone else doing that. That's like, you know, it's your body, crack on, doesn't affect me, don't really care. Um, But I think the issue is because it's kind of brushed under the carpet in the fitness industry a lot, people don't realise when someone is using and when someone isn't using. Um, And when I first started working in the fitness industry, I was astounded by the number of people that were. And not in a a disgusted way at all. I didn't really, again, I didn't really give a fuck, basically. It's not, it's not, it's nothing to do with me, but, um, but I was really surprised. And it, it, it kind of, opened my eyes a little bit to what I'd been seeing in the past on the cover of Men's Health magazine or, you know, actors in superhero movies and stuff like that, where I'd kind of looked up to and gone, wow, that's what a real man looks like. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about, (laughs) I'm, I'm about two thirds your weight if that and um and only about an inch yeah. inch or two shorter um so i'm i'm real slight build and when i came into the fitness industry people had a hard time believing i was a personal trainer right they looked at me and they were just mm-hmm. like because i didn't fit the typical um typical view of what a, what a fitness guy looks like and and i found that quite hard to deal with because because obviously you know if, if you've got these insecurities and stuff if you're surrounded by people who look a certain way and you look in the magazines and you look on on films and stuff like that but when I realised how many people were using, you know, get or getting a little bit of help, let's say, and it artificially increasing their testosterone levels, I was, I was like, wow, okay, that explains a hell of a lot. Yeah, well, and that, that's exactly it, right? Like, like, like you said, like I don't, like I don't give a fuck either. Like, like you said, like if, if you want to go a bunch of, you know, like coke on the weekend, go for yeah, it. Yeah. It's not like no skin off my ass. I don't, I don't care. But like. My problem is is to completely um, just ignore the fact that you're you know you're getting help yeah. and then sell people these things like you know these diet plans and yeah, these yeah, workout yeah, yeah, plans yeah. and being like oh if you do this you'll look like me it's just like no that's that's not fucking true like, yeah 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 there's that's, more like, that's to not it. possible exactly so and like that and that's my problem with it right and and so. You know, and like I said, to each their own and everything, but, you know, at least be honest. Yeah. If if you're not being honest with yourself and, you know, it's just not, it's not good. Yeah. I think that, I think that the more that this kind of, I admire people who are open about it, to be honest. I admire people who are quite open about it because it is unusual um, still now. Mm -hmm. And I hope that maybe as the years go on, it will be people will go, hey, yeah, I do use steroids and this is what I use. Um, I think because it's, Although it's not technically illegal, I don't know what the laws are in Canada, but the, in, in the UK, it's not illegal to use um, to use kind of uh, anabolic steroids. It is illegal to sell them, but it's not illegal to use them. I'm not sure how that works in terms of legalities, but um, yeah. it's a weird one. But uh, yeah. because because of that, then I think that people do keep it quiet because obviously they're worried about getting into trouble and stuff like that. So, I mean, if these things are, if these things were legalised, I mean, we're going to go off on a whole tangent here, but if these things were legalised, um, then perhaps there'd be less of a stigma and people would be more open. And then the everyday people who are looking at these celebrities or fitness models or bodybuilders or all the rest of it will feel less shit about themselves and realise that actually fitness is something which is attainable to them in their own right and they don't have to go and look like these people that that they that they see plastered everywhere yeah no exactly right it puts people off 
Oh, for sure. And I, and just like just having that transparency, right? Like just just having that, you know, like yeah, these people are on steroids. You should know this. Yeah. Like yeah. this this isn't realistic unless you're a genetic freak, which some yep. people are. Some, yeah, people, some are people are just genetic are, yeah. freaks. Um, you know, I've played with a couple of guys that are genetic freaks that are you know not on steroids but very much look like they're on steroids. Yeah. yeah. Damn them. Um yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but uh but you know, like, but like, for not like, like, let's go like ninety nine percent. For ninety nine yeah. percent of people, like attaining that goal, like even for me, I'm a pro athlete, like, and I still couldn't reach those goals. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I still couldn't reach that body, and I'm a pro athlete. You know what I mean? It, yeah. So uh, to the general population, it's just it's even. Uh, you know, who works a nine to five, who doesn't, it's not their job to work out five hours a day. Yeah. It's even more difficult. Yeah. And it's just like, man, just like, there should be that transparency where it's just like, man, it's okay that like, you don't have that body Yeah, because it doesn't make you any healthier to have that body. No, no. If you're, if you're active, you know, you're doing the right things, you're eating the right foods, you're, you're, you're kind of living a healthy, active lifestyle. You're healthy. That's good. You know, yeah. that's like, that's all we need. Yeah. yeah. We just need people to be more active. We don't need more people with six packs. We need people to be more active. And, you know, instead we just have a bunch of people wishing they had eight, uh, like six packs, realizing they're never going to be able to attain it and then giving up. And it's just like, man, like there should be at least some transparency to, for everyone to realize, be like, hey man, like you probably won't reach this six pack level because these guys are on steroids. Yeah. You know, they're getting help or, or they're just genetic freaks that have, you know, also, you know, it's their job to work out yeah. six hours a day yeah. and you know, they have a personal trainer as well. Like, and you don't have that. So like, you know, I just wish more people would realize that, you know? Yeah. I mean, which like, if we were in charge, eh, John, like we're here putting the world to rights, you know, we could just rant about this for forever, more transparency, yeah. more realism. <laughs> I've, I've just made a note of that line that you just said there. We need more people to get active. We don't need a bunch more people with six packs. Because I think that sums yeah. it up perfectly. I've written that down. Um, there, there you go. There you go. Exactly. Simple. We're done here. Um, yeah. So <laughs> in terms of your challenges that you faced so one of the one of the things i wanted to chat to you about is and and one of the things which i think is really valuable for it's certainly valuable for me listening to other podcasts and listening to interviews and listening to conversations is people talking about challenges they've overcome and how they've overcome it and lessons they've learned on the journey and stuff like that um what would you say that over your career that over the past say you know decade or whatever um going through kind of university uh, or you know, college uh, football and onto your current career? Like what's the biggest physical challenge that you've faced and what's the biggest mental challenge that you've faced? Uh, that's a, that's a, a solid question. The It's probably the same, to be honest. The, the biggest physical and mental challenge I ever faced is probably the same one. Um, it was in my third year of university. I tore my ACL Um I was just running down the field. I planted, I turned, twisted, it snapped. Um, I thought I dislocated my knee, but uh, we went and got uh, the uh, MRI and it was um, just a, tear, a torn ACL. Um, so that was that was uh, a crazy injury because a lot of guys don't come back from torn, no. torn ACLs. You know, they don't, they don't come back the same. They don't come back, you know, and play ever again. So 
I was very fortunate. I was on the, uh, I was when I, at university, my, my head coach decided to send me down to San Diego to, to do my ACL rehab yeah. with a down in uh, San Diego, which was, you know, amazing. Um, but it was also very difficult. I, I moved down to San Diego at 20 years old. Um, you know, the legal drinking age is 21 there. So yeah, I couldn't even go to the bars to meet people or anything like that. Sure. I, I was, <clears throat> I was very, like, I was very isolated. I, I went down by myself. I lived with, uh, one other guy that was a personal trainer that worked 12 hour days. So, um, I just like, didn't really ever see him. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are always like, Oh man, you lived in San Diego for a year. Like that must have been like sweet. Like San Diego is amazing, and and like San Diego is amazing. It's it's literally one of my favorite cities I've ever been to. It's um, aside from all the Americans, it's a, a amazing place. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but it's so you it's, have to get really that in there, didn't there. you? You had to yeah, get that I in. Did. There. <laughs> I did. I snuck it in there for you. Um, but yeah, but like aside from. You know, it's 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 beautiful. It's always it's always sunny. Um, you know, there's just it, it's a very clean city. It's very safe. It it was an amazing experience. But uh, like, I went down there for a year. Uh, I missed Christmas with my family. Um, I missed I missed my birthday. I missed all these things. Um, I was by myself. I didn't have any friends down there for a year, so I, I was completely isolated from pretty much everyone. And I would, you know, I'd walk uh, um, I'd walk a kilometer to the train station every day take a train to the um where i would rehab yeah and i'd rehab there for five or six hours i'd uh, take a train train back home and then you know i'd kind of try and think of things to do in, in in my apartment um and to kill time because that was basically my life for an entire year um was just working out for six hours a day and rehabbing my knee um which in and of, in and of itself was mentally you know absolutely draining but yeah. then being you know, alone in a in a foreign country uh, was was uh, it was a, it was a difficult experience. Sure, um, I, I definitely learned a lot during that experience, and and yeah, I'm very grateful for it. Um, but I would definitely not definitely not recommend it um, for uh, for most people. It was it was it was tough. Yeah, I think that, I think you know you mentioned there about lessons that you learned from it anytime we go through anything that's a particularly challenging experience um within our frame of reference at least the there are always lessons which sometimes it takes until after the fact where you can look back with hindsight and see what those lessons are you don't always it's quite difficult to see them at the time if you can see them at the time all the better but it, it you don't really get lessons when you've got it easy do you no no that's exactly it right it's and you know it's this is one of the biggest things about like why I love sports and, and why I, you know, recommend everyone play sports that, you know, I, and I know there's obviously a lot of, uh, um, there's a lot of negative science out about bashing your head in and playing football and stuff like that. But I think team sports are important because they teach you so much. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I've been, I've, I've learned, um, so much, by the time I was like, you know, 25, I learned so much about life. I learned so much about working with other people. I learned so much about adversity and facing that adversity and how to overcome it. Um, all by the time I was 25 and there's, there's people out there that are 50 that don't even know how to deal with it. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and I, I learned all these things through sport um, because you have to deal with that. Like you, yeah. you have to deal with this adversity. You like, it's just uh, like a fact of sport. Like, yeah. 
you know, if you look back at the, if any anybody knows football, and you look back at the New England Patriots when they when they had that eighteen and zero season. I don't know. It must have been at least probably ten years ago now, maybe less. But um, and they lost in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can literally be the perfect team. You can literally be perfect and still face adversity. Yeah. Um, and it's all about how you react to that adversity that um, really defines you as a person, right? And that's the biggest thing with sports is you you face so much adversity. It's impossible not to. Um, so it's, it's um, you know, it, like you said, you face a lot. You learn more, a lot more. And tough times and in trying times than you do in the good times. You know, when yeah. you're always winning, you don't, you don't really reflect, right? You don't really like look back and be like, Oh yeah. Like, like sweet, we won. Let's yeah. go, like, move yeah. on kind of thing. Right. But like when you're, when you're losing, when like bad things happen, you're like, okay, like what's going on? We got to fix this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like the difference. I think this year has been one of those uh, prime examples for a lot of people globally um, in terms of uh, yeah. adversity, right? You know, it's been a, a, a weird old year, and that's a polite way of putting it, really. <laughs> and yeah. The but the thing is with this, and it's it's fascinating in the kind of business circles that I mix in, seeing the different ways that people respond to that. And not everyone's in the same boat, of course, because I, I saw something the other day which described it as we're all in the same storm, but we're all in different boats, right? Because we're all in different scenarios. We've all got different um, circumstances. Some people are being hit a lot harder by everything that's been going on. Some people are, are not being hit so hard or they're being hit in different ways. So we're all kind of weathering the storm um but we do need to understand obviously there is there is variation within that but also like you've said the the how you respond to that and how you how you kind of process it is massively well it's a huge part of how you come out of the other side right it's a huge part of whether you might not be able to control the storm but you can dip the oars in the water and kind of try and steer your boat in the right direction a little bit at least or even the lesson could just be, or the kind of the opportunity could just be a lesson in humility, where you just get reminded that actually you're not in control of as much as you think you are. And in sport, you're at the mercy of obviously you're you're in control of how you play as part of the team, but you have no control. You have some influence, but you have no control over how your teammates play. You have no control over how the other team play and you have zero control over chance and chance does play a part. And all you can do is try and put yourself into the positions where you can make the most of the chance when it goes in your favour. Um, and respond to the decisions that other people are making around you. And that's exactly how you how really life is is to be approached is you can't control everything, but you've got to be you've got to react to the stuff around you in a way which you think is is probably going to serve you best. Yeah, no, it's, that's literally exactly it. Like my, uh, in, I think my second or third year university, my coach, um, something happened and I was pretty upset. And my one coach pulled me aside and he just like, listen, um, he, he told me, he's like, this is something that, you know, helped me out a lot when one of my old coaches told me, uh, he's, he said, you need to focus on, you know, what you can control and what you can't control. Yeah. He's like, you can control what you can control. And he's like, forget about the rest. Yep. He's like, if you can't control it, just forget about it. Yeah. It just it doesn't matter, right? It's a waste and of energy, isn't it? Exactly. That's exactly it, right? So he's just like, he's like, can you control what that person is doing? And I'm like, no. He's like, forget about it then. Yeah. It's over. 
You know what I yeah. mean? You can control how you react. You can control, you know, what you're doing, the actions you're taking to, you know, you better yourself and, and do all this stuff, but you can't control that other person or that other, you know, whatever else is going on. So he's like, just forget about it. You put, if you put all your all in it, at least, you know, you've given your all anything else after that is, you know, you can't control it. So yeah. just, you know, it, it, it's just don't focus on it because there's no point in, in stressing out. So you mentioned that an ACL injury is very difficult to come back from. Um, how did you come back from that? Did you come back uh, and at a lower level than you were before because there was that kind of a weakness there or did you come back and, and improve? How did that pan out for you? Yeah, that, that's actually, um, it's interesting because, so I came back after eight months um, and generally, you know, most people say take a year. I'm just like, no, I'm not missing a season. So I came back after eight months. Um, I was definitely at a lower level. Uh, whether that was because I was either mentally at a lower level or I was physically at a lower level, it's yeah. kind of it was probably like a mix of both. Like I definitely wasn't as confident in my uh, body and you know obviously in my knee uh, because of it, and it, it was very difficult for me to kind of go and 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 do things and do what I wanted to do, um, like go and. <laughs> hit heads and smash bodies yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be t- you're being a bit tentative because you're not sure how your legs going to hold up. Exactly, right? And that's kind of, you know, it's it's not great. <laughs> it's no. Not, it's not exactly what you want, right? No, not in a physical um, sport like that. Exactly. So it it you know, I was I was probably pretty close physically. I was probably at, at like 90 or 95% physically. Yeah. Uh, but the the mental thing just it was a it was a huge mental block for me um, coming back at the, that first season was yeah I, I I'll I'll be the first to admit I didn't have a great first season back uh, which was very unfortunate because it was my draft year and uh, I didn't get drafted because of it um, you know like the scouts could see that I was still um, it wasn't at a hundred percent because of my knee so no yeah. one really wanted to t- to take a chance on me because of it so yeah you know it, it was unfortunate um, that first season back but then. You know, I kind of, I kind of just got it in my mind. I'm just like, well, if I'm going to tear it again, I'll tear it again. Like, you know, like I just kind of said, fuck it, kind of thing. Yep. Um, but it, like, that's not an easy thing to come to. <laughs> it's not no, an easy. No, no, for you sure. know, just accepting that you're going to destroy your body. That's not like it. It. It's not for for everybody. No, it's and not normal, John. Under- that's not normal. Yeah. No, I, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> understand that. That's <laughs> that's something I, I've come to kind of grips with in my life. That there's some decisions I make that. Uh, uh, quote unquote normal people or or <laughs> sane people might not make um, yeah. and that and that that's okay by me that's uh you know I that's how I decided to live my life and yep. you know it, it got me to where I am today which is nice but yeah um I also have arthritis in my knees at 27 years old and uh, some of my fingers don't point in the right direction so right. <laughs> some people don't want that no uh, but so. it's it's that thing where there's there's always a trade off yeah, there's always a trade off. There's always a trade-off, and and that just happens to be the one that yeah. you made. If you'd if you'd um, yeah. gone the other way and gone, you know what? I don't want to knack on my body uh, by the by my by my late twenties. Um, then your trade-off would have been that you didn't get to pursue uh, playing a sport that you love professionally, and so there still would have been a trade-off whichever way you go. And that's all life is: is a series of compromises. Really, you've got to say no. You've got to say no to something in order to say yes to something else. Exactly right. It's it's life's not perfect. It nothing ever is. Even your dream job has shit yeah. you have to deal yeah. with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
even whether it's your dream job, your dream girl, your dream life, there's always, there's always shit you got to deal with. And, and, and it as well, it's no, nothing's perfect. Nothing ever will be. That's, that's kind of life, right? Yeah. Stop trying to make it that way. That's the lesson. Yeah. Just stop, <laughs> yeah, exactly. stop trying to make it that way. Cause I think that is the thing. Again, we, if we, we could go off on a massive tangent and start trying to put the world to rights again, in terms of perfection being portrayed in certain things, um, fitness industry, movies, magazines, and all the rest of it. Um, books, whatever. There is no perfection. Uh, you only ever see the highlight reel of what people have got going on and that nobody has got it perfect. Everyone's got stuff they have to deal with and um it's just they're not posting it on social media for the most part i think that's i think that's actually a really great point which is uh kind of ironic someone um oh one sec you might be able to hear my my dog drinking niagara falls right now <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but someone someone tried to call me out on that on instagram the other day they're like oh you're so fucking fake like your life isn't like like this like you're such a phony blah 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 and they're like they're like you're like an asshole in real life, and I'm like, I, I I've never met this person. I don't I don't know who this person is or anything. Sure. So I'm like, first of all, like, how do you know I'm an asshole in real life? Like what? Like, but like I'm like whatever, regardless. But I'm like, yeah, like all of social media is fake. Yeah. Like I don't like when when one of my dogs was sick and he shit in my living room and on my couch i didn't post about that on social media like <laughs> well, no who would yeah, no shit. like no, nobody wants to see that no. <laughs> exactly you know what i mean like like what do you like what do you mean i'm fake like all of social media is fake that's what social media that's, that's what like basically all media is you know what i mean yeah. like you go watch a reality tv show yeah, it's fake. You know, like yeah. no one thinks keeping up the, with the Kardashians is a real show. Well, yeah. I hope not, at least. Like, if someone thinks, I've that's got real, a feeling then... that some people think it's probably real, but that's another yeah, story. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but like, you know what I mean. And and I think, like you said, like and and I think there's a lot of people that think social media is real too, and it and it and it's really creating this culture of like we said that people, you know, ch chasing that perfection and they're like, Oh, like, you know, they, they look at my feed and they're like, they see all these things I'm doing and they're like, Oh, like, you know, I get people all the time being like, Oh, your life's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, I sat on my couch with a glass of red wine with my two dogs on a Friday night last night. Like, I mean, to some people that sounds amazing, but like my life isn't that exciting for like 99% of the time. Like I'm just sitting on my couch, or in my bed watching shows and like working on my blog. Like, it's not like this crazy lifestyle. Like, yeah, the, the 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 kind of rock star life of a professional athlete. There, red wine, dogs, and blogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly right. Like, it's it's not like it's not this lavish lifestyle. It's it's you know it's very like it's very mundane. And obviously, like if you look at my social media, I'll, I'll pull it up right now. I'll, I'll look at what my last couple posts are. Yeah. Chugging, chugging some scotch. Uh, <laughs> celebrating, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cele celebrating something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I get why people think that, you know, my life looks like I'm always, it looks like I'm always out doing things. I'm always kind of, you know, on the go doing a lot of stuff with my dogs and things like that. But, you know, I work a nine to five, you know, our, our season got, got canceled in the CFL. So I work a nine to five now. Um, yeah. I, I go to work for eight hours a day, just like everyone else. I come home and I take my dogs for a walk and then feed them. And then I feed myself and I sit down on the couch. Like <laughs> it's not this, it's not this crazy life. You know what I mean? Like, 
Uh, so, uh, is so, that was that Bone or Bailey agreeing with you there? That, that was Bone. That was Bone. Yeah, he's very. Yeah, he's just like yeah, kind of phony. Yeah, he's like stop, stop faking, John. Yeah, exactly. The the I, th- I guess that think something like Instagram is a bit like a um, it's a bit like a photo album, like back in the old days when people had real photographs, um, where you when you when you take a photo and you go, oh, I really like that photo, I'm going to put that in an album. And when you go round to your grandparents' house and you're looking through their photo albums, they don't have photos of um, their dog shitting in the living room, or they don't have photos of you know they don't have photos of that time that they were really depressed, or they don't have photos of their kids crying and like things windows that have been smashed because someone kicked a football through them no one takes a photo of that and goes this is a memorable occasion and 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 yet we expect that of social media despite the fact it's a um it's it's exactly that it's a it's a photo album people are putting the the photos they like in that album exactly right and you know it's it's interesting because especially as my as my following uh, increases to get larger and larger. I'm almost at, you know, 17,000 on, on Instagram, which by no means is, is huge. Um, I, it's something I kind of be, I'm becoming more and more aware of that. I almost find, feel like I have some sort of duty yeah. to try and, and make it a little bit more like real life and that's and that a lot of the times is what I use my stories for like I'll I'll try and post like on my stories a lot to show like what I'm doing in a day like what yeah, my yeah. days look behind like behind the scenes like kind that. of thing yeah yeah and yeah, I've, I've tried to kind of use the stories a lot for that and just because like I know like I, I know I definitely have a, like quite a few uh younger um followers that definitely look at my life and, and, and are like, I want that. I want to achieve that. And like we said earlier, like I've had to make a lot of sacrifices to get into this position. And a lot of those sacrifices, I wouldn't want a lot of people to make. Like that's not something like that. I would want a lot of people to do just to get here to think this is going to make them happy because this isn't getting here and doing this isn't what made me happy. You know what I mean? And and I think that's what a lot of people, like we were saying earlier with the, you know, like with the fitness and their fitness goal is like, oh, I'm going to get a six pack and I'll be happy. Oh, I'm going to lose weight. And I'm going to be happy. Yeah. And, or I'm going to deadlift this much and I'll be happy. It's not like attaining something will give you like momentary happiness. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, getting in the CFL, being a pro athlete. Yeah. It was sweet. Like, it was awesome at first, but then it was a lot of work. It like it like it is a lot of work to stay a professional athlete. It's yeah. not an easy job. Like yeah. it like they're constantly looking to replace you. Yeah. Like think about if you were in a relationship with somebody and they were constantly trying to replace you with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like and constantly bringing people into the house and, and like looking them up and down and being like hmm, yeah trying them out measuring good. them up against uh, you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like yeah exactly compare standing side by side like that's like that's your job as a pro athlete that's literally what they do you <laughs> wow. know I mean? it's it's not it's not an easy job to sit there and and sit right next to the guy that's trying to replace you and smile yeah you know what i mean they're like so it, it is sweet it was sweet getting into this cfl being able to say i'm a pro athlete you know unreal experience but it's not what drives my happiness you know what i mean like and it's it's more about 
the journey. Yep. And then like it's, it's, that, it's that cliche, right? It's not about the destination. It's always about, you know, the journey along the way. But it's true. Like cliches are a cliche for a reason. And I think a lot of people forget that. They, they just get so focused on the goal and getting there and, and attaining that goal. And it's just like, man, it's so much more than that. Like you're, you're completely missing. Like, like I sacrificed a lot. I was unhappy for a long time trying to get to, the, you know, to this level. And I've destroyed my body doing it. And I missed out on a lot of things because I, I thought I thought that's what I needed to do. Yeah. And it's it's not. You know what I mean? But it's what, not, what does make you happy to. then? So if that's not what makes you happy, what is it what is it that that actually does make you happy? What makes me happy I, I mean, I love spending time with like my good friends. I'm not really uh, contrary to you know, like my social media feed. Um I'm not really that social of a person. Yep. Um, I have a few very close friends that um, are kind of like in my circle and that's it. Like I, I love spending time with my brother and his wife and his daughter. Um, that's, you know, a lot of fun. They, they also live about 12,000 kilometers away right now. So, wow. um, so it's not, <laughs> not something I get to do. Quite often. Far, that. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not ideal. Um, but, uh, but like people like that, like people in my inner circle, I, I very much enjoy spending time with, yeah. um, and just kind of, uh, enjoying their presence and being with them. And, and, uh, and you know, like obviously I have a food blog. I, I very much enjoy cooking. I, it's a, I, it's a very relaxing experience for me to cook a meal, uh, have it come out well and create something new and, and have other people enjoy it. That's something I enjoy doing. Obviously my dogs, there's. You know, even when they shit in the living room, it's still yeah, of course. <laughs> still, yeah. It's just part of it, isn't it? That, that, exactly. that was actually going to be my 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 next question. I was going to ask about res- rescue dog kitchen. That's what it's called, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, tell me tell me about that. What's the idea there? Yeah, so um, it's you know, I had a lot of people when they found out like I was a vegan pro athlete. You know, I have a lot of people asking me, obviously, oh, like where do you get your protein? Um, and stuff like that. And they, you know, they're like, oh, like you know, what foods do you eat to get protein? What uh, you know, what workouts do you do and stuff like that. So, uh, and I've always enjoyed cooking. I've always, it's always been something that I really enjoy doing with my time. So I was kind of thinking, especially when our season got canceled this year, I'm like, man, like I have a lot of free time. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, obviously <laughs> being a pro athlete takes up a lot of your time like, between travel and workouts and stuff. And, uh, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to start a blog that I can at least just point people to, uh, yeah. to, uh, you know, when they ask me, you know, so I have like a whole blog post up that's called, you know, where I get my protein as a vegan pro athlete. So, uh, so at least when people ask me, because it's literally a question I deal with probably like five to 10 times a day. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like, you know what, here, read this article. And if yeah. you don't, if you don't understand after this article, I'll explain. Yeah. But yeah. like read the article first. Yeah. Um, and then I have a bunch of recipes up as well. So, so um, so I can point people towards there. And, and the idea was like, it was, you know, uh, it was a place for me to point people and then it, it got monetized with ads and things like that. And it kind of started gaining a little bit of traction. We're at almost like 4,000 followers right now, which is, which is really nice. Um, and I'm just like, I have a full-time job. I'm a pro athlete. I mean, the CFL doesn't make very much money. Like our minimum salary is 50 K. So uh, you know, it's, we're not in the NFL or NHL or anything, or no, you no. Know, uh, in, in a soccer league, we're, in, we're not making millions. So, um, I'm not retiring on CFL, money. <laughs> but, it, 
but I, I, I do have, you know, I have the CFL. I have, I, I'm a financial advisor at a bank here as well um, in, in my spare time. So I'm like, I don't need this money that the blog is generating. And it's, it wasn't very much at the start anyway. So I'm like, like I want to give back to uh, dog shelters because both my both my dogs are rescues and I've, I've been rescuing dogs since I was nine years old. Um, so I have like a real, like I, I really like rescuing dogs and dog shelters. It's, um, they do a lot for the community and I think it's very underrated. So my idea was like, I'm going to donate 50% of the revenue we get on the blog. So when people visit the blog, um, I get, uh, I get, you know, clicks and like ad revenue yeah, and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and, uh, from there, uh, it just, uh, I'll donate 50% and then the other 50% I'll go, it goes back into building the blog and building it up to uh, a place where, um, we get more people so I can donate more money. Yep. You know what I mean? Whether I'm buying a new camera, stuff, stuff like that. So you mentioned that you're a vegan pro athlete. So is there, mm-hmm. there, there seems to me to be a bit of a, a, a change in, uh, you know, over the last five, 10 years at least. Um, but it seems to be gaining a bit more traction that, that more people are becoming aware of, uh, you know, plant-based eating and also more people in, in sports are seem to be either doing it or at least being vocal about it. Is that something, is that a change that you've noticed as well? I mean, how long, how long have you been eating that way? Yeah, no, for sure. So I've been, I've been vegan for about four years now. Yeah. Um, and it's actually kind of funny because I was very anti-vegan at first. Like I was very like my brother and his wife did it for like a month because, uh, apparently in Beyonce's book, she says she does it once, uh, she does it for a month every year to stay healthy and fit or something like that. I don't know. So right. they did, they okay. did it for a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I was like, okay. Like, um, but, uh, so they were doing it and I would make fun of them like nonstop. I'm like you guys are idiots. Like you can't get protein and all this stuff. So like I was very anti-vegan at first. Yep. Um, and then I was working with a trainer one off season. I, I needed to lose about 20 pounds and, uh, the trainer I was working with, he, he just happened to be vegan and I didn't even know at the time, but, um, he, he just said, he's just like, listen, like you, you need to lose weight. You've tried literally every diet. Uh, it's not working. Uh, go vegan for a month, see how you see how it works. And, uh, and if it works then we can, you know, continue doing it and, yep. and help you. And he's like, he's like, I'll like, he's like, I'll make your meal plan. And he's like, I'm, I'm vegan. He's he was a personal trainer. So, so he's like, I'll, ma- I'll do it all for you. And you just have to make the food. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after the month, he's like, after the month, if you hate it, we'll just go back. He's yeah. Like, there's no, there's no harm in going back. He's just yeah. like, it's fine. But he's like, at least like we could, we can say we tried it. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm like, honestly, like I, like I need to lose the weight. Like I was like, I needed to lose the weight for, to be, to continue being in my position. Um, so I was like, yeah, like it's literally my job depends on it. So, okay, fine. Like I'll do it. Um, and then like all this like crazy stuff started happening. Like, uh, like, like the first week into being vegan, like I started like just having like so much more energy. It was crazy. Um, and, but like, it was weird because like I had more energy, but I started sleeping less. Like I was like sleeping like six hours a night, but feeling like I slept like 12 wow and i'm like i'm like man like and like still like no one has been able to explain that to me so i don't know if that was just like a placebo thing or what but it was just something that like happened sure um and then uh you know i started like you know working out and like like i would work out in a group with a bunch of other cf 
baseball players and they were always complaining about how sore they were. And I'm like, man, I'm not like, I'm not like sore at all. Like, like I thought yesterday's workout was easy. And like, they're all like super sore. And I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, like I thought it, and like, you know, I was like, I was like lifting the most weight. I was like, I was the heaviest at like two thirty, but like I was still lifting the most weight, um, by like a lot and, and things like that. So I was like, okay, like maybe this vegan stuff has something to it. Maybe like, maybe these guys are onto something. Right. So I kind of do, I started doing some more research about it and, uh, you know, I started learning about animals and, and, uh, and how like, you know, pigs are actually smarter than dogs yeah, and yeah. you know, like cows have feelings and they have best friends and, and, you know, just like things like that where like you're so removed for, from it yeah. and that you just never really think about it. And then you start to learn about the industry and you're like, oh, wow, like this is actually terrible. Yeah. And well, it, you keep it, your blinkers on a bit, don't you? Because you can, it, society is a certain way and, and you exactly. kind of, there's a massive cognitive dissonance around it for a lot of people. Um, there's sure. a huge disconnect from between us and where our food comes from. And, and I think even if we do know, we try and separate ourselves from that a little bit because obviously it is uncomfortable. We don't want to see it. We don't want to go into slaughterhouses. Most people don't. Um, exactly. But if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And when you start actively mm-hmm kind of having a look into it i mean that coupled with the fact that when i when i started eating plant-based i um i'm not fully vegan i'm kind of 99.9 percent there almost everything i eat is plants um we don't buy i don't the pretty much the only non-plant-based thing is we've got some rescue chickens and i'll have the odd egg from them but that's on a rare occasion anyway um but uh but yeah that's why i don't call myself vegan because i'm I, i think there's I, I almost would feel disingenuous saying that when 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 I'm not completely. Um, however, when I stopped eating meat and when I cut down cut out all dairy and all of that stuff, I felt so much better. And obviously, cognitive dissonance that had gone so mentally and 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 all of that side of things, I felt better because I felt more comfortable with my choices. But yeah, physically, I felt better. I was recovering better in the gym. I had more energy. All the same things that you were saying. A big one was my digestion improved, and and that was a a kind of a, a source of more energy for me because I didn't feel so sluggish on that front. Exactly. No. Yeah. No. Exactly. And that's like that's like the craziest thing, right? Like all these things start happening, like mentally, physically. Your your everything just kind of comes together and. Uh, um, and like one of the, the underrated ones was, uh, at the time I was cutting my hair for cancer cause a, a lot of women in my family have had breast cancer. So I was raising money to cut for cancer. Um, and then I, I started learning about how it's like, uh, being vegan is like really great for disease prevention and, and, you know, not developing cancer and, and, you know, things like that. So I'm like, Oh wow. Like that's actually, that makes sense. You know, it, it, it was like, for me, I'm like, I'm cutting my hair for cancer, but I'm also like eating steak like that's like running a marathon a marathon for lung cancer and then smoking a cigarette after yeah yeah yeah. you know it's counterintuitive right like it doesn't make sense yeah so you know everything just kind of started to click and then the un came out with that like scathing report that was like we have like 12 years to reverse course or we're basically fucked yeah and uh and then being like being vegans like one of the best things you can do for the environment right so yeah uh i'm like it all just kind of like came together in that month and i'm like I, after the month was up, I'm like, man, I feel great. I'm lifting lots. Like it's not affecting my performance. Um, I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing it. And it's kind of evolved into this, uh, a lot more now, obviously, but you know, that's kind of where it started and it's been the past four years. And, you know, I, 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 like knowing what I know now, I, I definitely can't go back to eating meat. 
Yeah, sure. And do, do you think there's still a lot of pushback from other athletes? Are there people who are like you were a few years back where they kind of um, are, are really anti what you do? Not really. I think you'd be kind of surprised yeah. at um, the athlete side. There are some, like there's always, you know, there's always some, right? Yeah. Um, but for the, the most part, most of them are just curious. Yeah. Most of them are just like, dude, because like, I mean, especially in football, you know, from the time I started playing football when I was nine, from the time I was nine, I had all these coaches who have no nutritional degree or yeah. they should not be giving nutritional advice have been telling me you need to eat protein and you need to be getting it from, you know, chicken, steak, fish. Yeah. You know, those are the three sources. Get your yeah. protein in and it's been like it's like driven down our throats um, since we were like literally nine. Some people start earlier than that. Yeah. So for a lot of guys, it's just like when they see me and they see what I'm doing, they're like, "Dude, how the fuck do you get your protein? Like, how do you do this?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like to them, protein means meat. Yeah. Like they, it, it's been so. It's almost like they've almost brainwashed us into yeah. thinking that you can only get protein in meat. And, it, you know, obviously like, we know that's not true, but like for a long time, I believe that too. Like I said, yeah, I was a huge I did as well. Hater. I did. Yeah. I was like, exactly the same. Exactly. Right. So it's, it. so for the most part, when guys see me do this, they're just like, they just want to know. They're just like, dude, how, like, what? Like, like explain to me like how this works. Like, so it, it's, it's a lot of like teaching. Uh, I actually get a lot more pushback from it, from people at, at the bank. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty. It's pretty interesting. I didn't. I didn't actually expect that when I started working there. But as soon as people started finding out I was vegan, it's you know all the all the classics come out. Oh, I could never give up dairy. Like I could never do this. Blah blah blah. And then, then if we have to like order, if we're ordering in food for like a meeting or something, it's always like a huge ordeal. Like people like make like are constantly making remarks about how we have to like. Oh, we gotta make sure the vegans happy. And I'm just like, I'm like, I literally don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny. Up. Yeah, you're just being yeah. awkward, John. That's all it is. You just want to yeah. be center of attention. And exactly, you want to be special. Right? Yeah, well, this is yeah, I, that's I, me. That's <laughs> me. <laughs> you, I mean, you're saying earlier on, you know, you're two twenty, two thirty pounds, which for 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 the Brits listening is about sixteen stone. Um, I believe is about right. Um, so. At that kind of weight, and you're about, you said you're about six foot, um, you know, you're not a small guy. And so there's that kind of, <laughs> I, I guess, that misconception of the, the weak, scrawny vegan is kind of blown out the water a little bit, given the fact that, that the size and the performance that you've got, right? Yeah, no, exactly, right? And that, that was honestly one of my biggest worries about going vegan like i had that miscon that same misconception i'm just like man i'm not gonna get enough protein i'm not gonna be able to like lift the weight to be strong enough and and really it was the complete opposite you know i'm i'm as strong now uh as i was back in college and i don't even have to work out as much now yeah because i recover so much better you know yeah. what i mean like I, a lot of what i do now is like like maintenance and flexibility and like just injury prevention because Apparently, twenty seven is 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 old, and you need, <laughs> you, need to, you need to do those things now. Well, mate, I'm that I'm 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 nearly dead then by that 
by that logic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, actually another question that I had relevant to, I guess, animals and your love of animals. Um, what's the biggest lesson that you think dogs can teach us? The biggest lesson <clears throat> dogs can teach us is... Uh, that's a great question. I've been asked it a couple of times and, and it, people always ask me why I love dogs so much. And it's dogs have this youthful enthusiasm about them. They're yeah. so jacked up about anything. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. don't even know what the fuck is going on and they're fired up. They're like, you get home, fired up. <laughs> you know, you're having a bad day, fired up. You're cooking something, fired up. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think, you know, especially as we grow older, like you see this a lot in kids, right? You see it a lot in, in, in younger kids and, and, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, like kids like under like 10 kind of thing. But like, as you grow older, you kind of lose that. You, you, you don't see it as much. And, and especially like, you know, working in the bank now and, and being in, in, in pro sports, it's, you don't see people get like excited really. Yeah, it's it's very rare that people get excited. It's very rare that people celebrate other people for doing something. Yeah, and that's something that I love so much about dogs and and you know everything they do is they don't give a fuck. Like you know, if you're fired up, they're fired up. Like yeah. let's go, they're ready to party. Like right now, <laughs> like they're just they just want to like they're just happy. You know what I mean? They're just like man, this guy's happy. I'm happy, and like that's like that's something that like really I think a lot of people like lose and. And I think it's kind of sad that like we don't celebrate each other more. We don't get happy for each other more. And and even just like small things like like when I get home from work, my dogs are so fired up. Like yeah. why are we not fired up to like, you know, if you have a partner, why are you not fired up to see them? I'm, I don't mean like you need to go jump on them. But like, man, like why is it such a bad thing to be happy when, you know, someone else gets home from work after you haven't seen them for an hour or a couple hours? Like why is that like? It's, it's Why like is that a bad thing? We've associated growing up and being, uh, you know, mature with being overly serious. Perhaps I think it's this thing where, and maybe it's a maybe it's a a, a kind of relic from the past where it was like, you know, it, it was a very serious, you know, Victorian era stiff upper lip kind of, um, you know, life is hard and yeah, all this kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. And and it was it was this done thing to be serious and to have a um, you know a serious job and a serious face and read the newspaper and all this stuff. Um, I like to think that we've come on a little bit from there but maybe there is a this relic that being an adult means letting go of everything that that, that is i guess considered childish whereas in reality we're still the same person as we were when we were a kid and we still like having fun and you know fuck, i don't want to go down the route of saying things like embrace your inner child because it sounds like this cheesy again like cliche but like you said <laughs> yeah. earlier it's a cliche because it's true <laughs> exactly well, that's that's exactly it, right? It's like, and and like that's one of the biggest things I've always said about pro sports, and and it's just literally just extended me being able to continue being a child. Yeah, like it, it. I don't have to grow up because I'm a pro athlete. Like I, I don't have to be, you know, in this. Like obviously now I work in a bank too as well, so I have to grow up a bit. I have to be a little bit more serious there. They don't like it when I fuck around in banks. So <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. It's, yeah. So that, hey, but, uh, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but being, being a pro sport, you're just surrounded by like a hundred dudes that are like your best friends and you're all just 
bunch of idiots. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it's so fun to see because like, you know, some of these guys are, are married, have kids, uh, you know, have lives and, and all these things. And, and you're spending all this time with them and you're like, man, you're like, you're like a fucking 10 year old. Like, yeah, yeah. You're literally like a child and it's amazing. And it's like, like you just love like having fun with your friends yeah. and just fucking around and, you know, you know, pranking each other and doing all this stuff. And it's like, it's like so fun to see and be around and, and be a part of, um, which is, you know, which is great. And one of the things I love most about being a pro athlete, uh, but like, yeah, like that's the thing. Like, we were allowed to embrace that in sports. Like yeah. we we're, we're like, it, it's allowed us to embrace that, but like in pretty much every other profession that you're not allowed to, right. It, yeah. it, it's like you said, it's that Victorian area. It's, it, it's that, you know, that business, Oh, you gotta be serious in business. It's uh blah, blah, blah. And, and you're like, why? Yeah. You know What's what I mean? it achieve? Why? Like, like exactly. I go, like, I'm just unhappier. I just don't want to work here. So I'm just going to, work for you less yeah like, okay like <laughs> who's winning yeah good job there exactly right like who, who wins this like i'm unhappy and you're getting less work out of it like like how does this make any sense you know what no. i mean so it's yeah like it is it is about embracing that inner child like you be that five-year-old and like who cares like if you take so, a five-year-old to a, a wide open space like you know football pitch equivalent and um they, they will immediately just run they will just run for like no yeah. reason they will just leg it to the other end or they'll run around in circles or they'll roll in the grass or whatever they'll do something physically active if you take a uh, an adult to the same place they'll sit in the corner on a bench or something like that and this is again it's part of if by 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 acting more childishly we not only have more fun and more enjoyment which i believe is part of fitness my my whole philosophy around fitness has a kind of it has emotional and social connections within that it doesn't it's not just physical fitness like i've got whole philosophy around that which which requires us to to look at all of these different pillars of our lifestyle in order to stay fit and healthy and i believe that connection i believe that um you know uh, that that emotional fitness is social fitness is a big part of that but if you even if we just take the physical activity part of that by being more childish you will be more physically active because you'll see a climbing frame and you'll go and climb on the fucking climbing frame like because you're just like I've, i want to go and swing on that thing right whereas an adult just doesn't like they just you've had it drilled out of you through years of conditioning yeah, yeah no exactly right and they, and that's the, the the amazing part is is a lot and a lot of people think that you know kind of the same with fitness is is it, it, you're not allowed to have fun you can't you can't have fun when you're working out like yeah. that's not that's not how like you can't work out and and be you know be happy and it's just like man when i was working out with my cfl guys back in toronto <clears throat> we would start i don't know if you know what spike ball is no no okay it's, it's this game it's it's kind of like a hybrid between like volleyball and i don't know it's like you put like a little trampoline on the ground you just spike the ball at it and okay kind of play but like that's like that was our warm-up that yeah. was like what we would do to warm up before every workout we'd play like half an hour 45 minutes of spike ball yeah and it was just like it was just fun and it was yeah. just competition but it was like a workout like you yeah, would burn yeah. a couple hundred calories doing this and it, it but like it never felt like it you never felt like you were working out because you're what you're with your friends you're joking around you're you're you know you're kind of going into it just having fun yeah and i'm like man like 
if you could just even get more people doing this, yeah, we're going to win as a society. Yeah. You know, more people are going to be happy. More people are going to be um, achieving their fitness goals and being happy about it and, and not dreading going to the gym and not dreading, um, you know, doing these things. They're going to be, they're going to be excited. You yeah. know, I was always excited to go work out with those guys. Cause I'm like, man, like, Get to play spike ball today. It'll yeah. be yeah. fun. But this is <laughs> you know what I mean? something that people miss with the fitness thing because they're so busy in the gym doing exercises because they want a six pack when they could be doing other well, things yeah. to to get active, which are actually enjoyable. And again, it goes back to what you said earlier about we need more people to get active. We don't need a bunch more people with six packs. You don't see anyone, you know, bench pressing or deadlifting or doing burpees or pull ups with a smile on their face. You don't like. I like those things, and you do get satisfaction from them, and they they they, they play a, um, a a great role if you if you've got specific goals and stuff like that but if you were down the beach with some mates throwing a frisbee i mean i don't know whether you have beaches in canada but like I, it's these things by the sea um really, it's really nice yeah. and warm, <laughs> it's really nice in warm weather i imagine that you just have snow that just drifts off into the sea um but the, yeah, pretty much. yeah i thought so it must be you know no no kind of um you know stereotypes here or anything um but yeah. <laughs> if you go down the beach with uh, with a frisbee and you're chucking a frisbee around for you could do it for hours and just have a great time and and you don't it's not a workout it doesn't have to be a workout it can just be it's just physical activity which we we have evolved our bodies are for moving they are not for sitting on a bench in the corner of the field or the beach or whatever yeah no exactly right and, and too many people forget that and kind of don't realize that it can be fun and, and you don't have to go you know bench press the world to work out no like it's, right. it's great for some people and some people that's going to be ideal for them but it doesn't have to be the only thing and we've been so conditioned again it's all about this conditioning where when people think that fitness is synonymous with the gym they see people it's either the gym or running those are the only two things that pop into people's heads when they think yeah. about getting more active right and in fact this yeah. kind of leads me nicely on to because uh, you know I've kept you here for long enough I'd said to you about oh we'll be about 40 minutes and here we are way longer than that um, that's all good <laughs> but uh the kind of the last thing that I would really love for you to share with the guys who are listening is is something practical. And if people are feeling overwhelmed, if people want to get fitter and healthier, whether it's in anything, it doesn't have to be to do with physical activity, but if people are feeling overwhelmed, people are feeling like they, they're not entirely sure where to start. A lot of people who are in my network are super busy. They're busy professionals. They might be business owners. 2020 has thrown them the fuck off track and they want to get for sure. either get started for the first time or come back to some good habits, which perhaps they had in the past. But um, And they want to make these positive changes, but they don't know where to start. What kind of advice would you give them in order to get them on the right track? No, that's uh, <clears throat> that's actually a question I get asked quite a bit is like, uh, especially with veganism and stuff like that. And it, it all kind of relates. Um, <clears throat> but like, we'll, we'll break it down into two people. So to get to get started, uh, yeah. for people that have never done it to get started, uh, pick something, pick one thing and just do it. Yeah, you're you, you, you might not like it. And that's okay. You know, there, there's so many different avenues. Uh, that you can pick and you can do there, you know, with, with, with fitness, there's, you know, there's yoga, there's weights, there's throwing a Frisbee on a beach, there's spike ball. There's, you know, there's so many different things you can do with fitness. Um, and I get people get overwhelmed, so they just don't start at all. But I think the important thing is when you've never done it, when you have nowhere to like, no, no frame of reference to go with, you know, find something that you look, you, you see, you're like, 
yoga looks like it might be enjoyable. Yeah. I'm going to go try that. And you go do it once. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think just starting, just doing it that one time is, is huge. Is, is, um, cause a lot of people just don't ever do it and don't ever start. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's kind of a big problem, right? Is they just get, they just feel so overwhelmed. So yes, there are hundreds of thousands of different options of, you know, how to be physically fit. Just find one you think looks interesting, do it. And you might not like it. You might go do yoga and be like, Oh wow, this sucked. I hated it. (laughs) And that's okay. Like it's not like, yeah. Every fitness thing isn't going to be for everyone. Yeah. Just like not everybody likes every kind of food. Yeah. There are plenty of people that don't like fit. I when I ate meat, I hated fish. I yeah. literally never ate fish. I just hated it. You know what I mean? It's not for everybody. Yeah. And everything isn't for everybody, right? So, if you haven't started, pick one thing and do it, and don't sure. get discouraged because you might not like it, and that's okay. Yeah. For people looking to get back into habits, <clears throat> it's. I get that it's definitely uh, difficult, especially if you were in a habit and you you kind of like fell off of it. But I would recommend just a lot of people think, you know, when you start something, when you get back into something, you have to go full go. You have right. to go, you know, I'm okay. Like I'm going to start working out again. I haven't worked out in a couple months. I'm going to start working out again. I'm going to go five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, no, 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 no. Like that's not good. That's that's not a good road. Like, when you're looking to start back that habit, when you're starting back that kind of routine, start slow. You know, like if you're look if you're looking at getting back into fitness, uh, whether you're looking to, you you know you were you know where you were plant based for a while and you fell off a bit, you're looking to get back into it. Start slow. You know, go once a week. Go go set a realistic time frame that you can go. Like whether you're a business owner, you're you know you're a business professional. Like I I work in a bank. I get it. Um, <clears throat> For me, for a while there, it was, okay, I don't have time. I don't have time in the morning. I don't have time after work. So I'm going to set aside 45 minutes uh, on my lunch yeah. and I'm going to go work out. And that was my, that was it. You know what I mean? It's, it wasn't what I was accustomed to, but it was my new routine. So set a realistic time that you can go, whether that's once a week, twice a week, um, you know, three times a week, what, 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 whatever it might be. And just try and stick to that routine. Yeah, and and ease into it. I think, like I said earlier, I think too many people try and go full bore into it. Yeah, um, and especially especially with uh, working out, um, there's a lot of reasons why that's a, lo- a really bad idea. But one of the big ones uh, is it increases your chance of injury like yep. tenfold. Yeah, um, and then you know if you get injured, then boom, you're not working out again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so uh, you, you really want to, when you're getting back into something, whether it's working out, uh, you know, plant-based eating, anything like that, you ease into it. If you're, you're looking to uh, eat, you know, plant-based a little bit more, try a meal, try one meal a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, or, or just w- one day a week, do the meatless Mondays, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh man, like, yeah, that's, that's really good. Meatless Mondays is really working for me. Yeah. Then do Tuesday. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you're just kind of slowly replacing all of your food in your house. And then all of a sudden, you know, you 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 have like a routine where you're, you're buying plant based meals, and and you're that's kind of just it, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people think it's all or nothing, and they don't give themselves that that kind of like that gap, that like leeway to figure things out. 
like I personally went um, vegan overnight. Like I did it, I did it cold tofurkey, and uh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I would I would never recommend people do that. No, I, it's a hard way it, of doing it. It's very yeah, it was very difficult. I didn't really enjoy it that much the first couple months because I was just eating the same meal all the time because I just didn't know what else to make. Yeah. Um, so I think like a lot of people, just like the working out thing is you're going to try some vegan food that you don't like. Yeah. That's yeah. just a fact. You're not going to like all vegan food. Just like I didn't like all meat. It's just yeah. like, I, I feel like sometimes people get, they'll, they try vegan food. Like they try one ve- one vegan food and they're like, oh man, that was nasty. Vegan food's nasty. And it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, it's like, you've definitely had food that's not vegan that's nasty before and you don't equate it to all of food being nasty yeah, it's, yeah it's, for sure you know what i mean so it's like it's kind of like back to the, the yoga example is like yeah you try yoga might seem interesting to you and then you try it and you hate it yeah like yeah for sure a, a vegan a, some vegan food might seem interesting to you and then you try it and you hate it but that doesn't mean all vegan food is no is gross you and just got if you like certain things as well, like if you already have a, a particular affinity for uh, certain types of food, if you particularly like Mexican food or you particularly like, you know, whatever, Indian food, uh, Japanese food, whatever, if you have a particular kind of thing that you really like, you can find ways of um, of making it in a in a plant-based way. And and often you're, you stand a better chance of enjoying it because you know you actually like it. If you, if you hate Indian food and you make a... Uh, a, a a, a vegan curry you yeah. probably aren't going to like it because you already yeah. hate <laughs> hate indian food so like exactly you've, you've got to be you've got to use a bit of common sense with it without a doubt exactly right and i think i think that gets lost sometimes but yeah like so like for for me if if, if someone's looking to start or get back into something it's just ease into it find some things you like and then build those into a routine yeah, yeah. you know that i think i think the routine is very underrated um, building, uh, building out a routine where, where you can, especially with fitness and nutrition, yeah. uh, building out that routine is huge and, and can help immensely at, at, at sticking to habits and, and creating those goals and reaching them. 100% agreed, mate. 100% agreed. And that's kind of ties in with what I'm always trying to get across to people. So if people have listened to this podcast before or if people who have kind of followed me on socials or anything like that, no, I'm always trying to push them to do basically exactly what you've just said, which I'm really glad that you've backed me up on, on that. And that, otherwise it could have gone really messy if you'd said something yeah. completely completely out of the blue. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the, the way I try and get people to do it is do things they enjoy, do things that they find something that, that's enjoyable, whether it's a way of eating, whether it's a, a, an activity and yeah start small easy build those foundations gradually build up once you've got those foundations in place so that's perfect and yeah i think anyone listening to this would do well to listen to that advice whatever it is that they're trying to bring back in um john mate thank you so much for for coming on and having a chat with us um it's been i've i've enjoyed it i've learned a lot um so if hopefully some other people have as well um i will let you go about the rest of your day mate thank you once again for jumping on yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. It was it was a lot of fun. I always in, enjoy chatting. So yeah, thank you. Ideal. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Fit Body Fit Mind with me, Jay Unwin. If you aren't already connected with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, then you can find all the links in the podcast description or on my website at fitbodyfitmind.online. Until next time, stay fit, stay well, and have fun. <laughs>